0: Testing 1, 2. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. It's hump day. woo! And uh, today we're going to be talking with one of my favorite guests, Mr. Lucas Psycho. I've known this dude for a very long time and uh, he is just a, a bow hunting enthusiast. And it, You can even peel it back a couple more layers and you can say, the dude just loves nature. He loves the outdoors. He loves celebrating the outdoors, aka bow hunting, uh, and just hunting in general with his friends, with his family. And really, when you think about it, that is the kind of people that we need in in this space, in this community of ours that just love to, to, to spread the good word, that love to participate in it, that love to do it, uh, to participate with other people in it. And uh, uh, it's a really good conversation today. Man, what do we get into today? Uh, let me pull up some of the notes that I have here. Um, so every year, Lucas holds a a North Dakota opening weekend bow hunting camp at his house or somewhere up by where he lives. And this year he had a, you know, a whole group of people come up just like he always does. And and they ran into some pretty good deer and you'll hear the story of that. Uh, we talk about what is hunting. That's a kind of a, a topic a gray area, right? What is what is actually hunting? Especially in this world today that we live in with all the technology, with all the management that goes on. Um, is some of that stuff hunting? I don't know, let's talk about it. Um, and then we talk about rules and regulations. We talk about, um, you know, I, I, this one's basically for me, but I respond to hunting in Iowa is easy. And uh, I, I comment on that a little bit other than that uh man we talk about the strategy that went into this season we talk about you know communicating with other hunters we talk about the terrain the landscape in which he hunts and breaks down uh basically the rest of his season where we find out you know is he going to connect on uh, another buck or a different buck i should say in uh in the upcoming months there in North Dakota, so it's kind of a BS session, uh, session, but we do talk talk about that opening weekend quite a bit. Uh, love having Lucas on the show, man. Uh, he's a guy that I haven't hunted with, and I want to hunt with him. I want to go on a hunt with a dude. So, Lucas, I know you're listening. Let's let's plan a hunt. Let's let it. Let's plan a hunt. Something something different. Let's do something different, and uh, let's go out there and, and get the job done on a bow hunt for sure you know so all right let's do that and uh what else man next 10 days it's crazy so all winter long or all summer long here in Iowa we had man hardly any rain and now here it is September crops are already brown and we're getting 10 days of straight rain right now which you know rain is rain and it's good whenever we can get it but man I just kind of wish we had some of that rain in July and August. Anyway, uh, hopefully uh, driving through the countryside the other day, crops are starting to come out. Uh, if they're not already combining, like for shell corn, they've they've done silage already on some of these fields. Beans are, are looking brown. And uh, especially in the area that I'm at, crops are going to be out early this year if the weather stays nice, nice enough for these, uh, farmers. So rains, rains in the forecast. That's a good thing. It'll, uh, it always helps. It all helps. And I'm looking forward to this upcoming season, man. I'll be honest. And I, I cover this and I don't know if I talked to Lucas about this recently, but I talked to, um, uh, a couple buddies about this and feel like just like the mature bucks and it, it could be the crops are, are all still in but i only have two shooter deer on camera across two one on each property this year and my main farm which had like a bazillion it felt like shooters last year there's only one this year and he's not regular so you know i got i got uh, cell cams on these farms and set up in what I would consider really good pinch points really good areas and they're just not triggering and I think two of them might be down because uh, they took so many pictures in a short period of time that the batteries finally died and I got to get back out there and uh, put some new batteries in but man uh, like even even then you know once every three four days I should have a like a three or a four-year-old walk in front of my cameras not this year and so i'm not sure what the deal is there has been some reports because it's been so dry of people finding some either ehd i'm guessing ehd deer i don't know i don't find that many deer on the farms that i actually hunt but i don't know man Uh, could be who knows it's happened in the past and uh you know on a really dry year and I hope I hope that's not the case because I was hoping to go in to this uh season all guns blazing all high hopes hopefully they're just in the corn or on a different farm and then as the crops start to come out they reposition into the uh the farms that I hunt that's the that's the hopes anyway who knows uh commercials let's get into today's commercials real quick and i really do want to say thank you for taking time out of your day to download the nine finger chronicles listening to it on the sportsman's empire podcast network and i really want to you know take an opportunity to just say thank you because it allows me to live my dream uh every time you listen uh you know and and taking time to listen to the people who pay me, which are the sponsor, the sponsored commercials that you're, you're getting ready to listen to, man. So go to iTunes, leave a five-star review. Let everybody know that you love the nine finger chronicles, man. That helps me out. And I I truly would benefit from it. So thank you very much. Okay. Uh, code blue sense, man. Um, I am really looking, I got them out. All right. I got the, I got the rope dope mock scrapes out and I'm really looking forward to seeing if, any of them have been used and so i should find that out in the next and today is i'm recording this on tuesday september 19th so my goal is to hunt each farm one time in early october just to go out check trail cameras make sure everything thing is in the right position and then disappear off those properties until the rut hits Hopefully, my, and I really hope that the, uh, the rope dopes that I've hung are starting to get used. Deer are visiting them, and I'm hoping that it allows me to get, uh, you know, I put one, two, th- one, two, three, four of them, four of the five are within shooting distances from my from my uh, tree stands or the trees that i'll be hanging in whether it's a tree stand or a saddle and so i'm, I'm, I'm really hoping that uh they're they start to get used deer come in to check them and check them regular regularly and man that would be sweet if i could get uh some deer to come in there and i uh, shoot them over one of those mock scrapes i mean there's some guys out there who live and die by them and uh that's that's why i started messing around with them and that's code blue right so go to codebluesense.com read up on take a look at the Ropa dope uh, mock scrape system take a look at their synthetics they have real de- deer urine and uh, they have all of the other scent elimination products like laundry detergent and scent sprays that uh, are out too so codebluesense.com discount code nfc20 And that's going to allow you to get a 20% discount on any Code Blue Sense. Next on the list, I just used this the other day again, the Woodman's Pal. I had uh, in some landscaping that I have. And when I mean landscaping, I mean it's been there for a very long time. And I don't ever maintain it. So I took the old Woodman's Pal to, uh, to some of these bushes that seem to grow 10 feet in a single year. And that are like overpowering my decorative bushes i guess you would say and so i got in there with a woodman's pal chopped them out i went and cleared out some trail camera lanes a couple weeks ago and hacked up all of the you know all the bushes that could trigger you know like have false triggers and clean that out so it is a really really durable well-made habitat tool looks like a machete um I'm going to keep one in my pack. I'm going to keep one in my truck. And that way, in case I need something like that, uh, I can use one and they are made in America. They've been a company since 1941. And so go to woodman's and, uh, check out all the, you know, all the really cool things about that product. Last but not least, Huntworth, my friends, if, uh, you haven't yet, you need to go and check out huntworthgear.com and, uh, Go check out all of the products they have. I have a box that I need to sort through um, and pick out all of the gear that I'm going to be using for my upcoming hunts, specifically my Western hunts. I mean, that's my first scheduled hunt. I know I'm going to have a couple uh, early October hunts here in Iowa just, you know, just to knock the rust off of my saddle approach and putting myself in the right position to putting myself in the right position to you know shoot a deer and so what am i trying to say here huntworth awesome gear i mean very high quality very affordable compared to the other elite brands of camo out there go read up on the early season you know the base layers they got it all and so that's uh uh you know just go to the huntworth website and check it out last but not least no that's it that that's it Oh, by the way, I'm getting ready to, I'll make the announcement right now. It's nothing really big and official. Uh, I am getting ready to launch a brand new company called Full Sneak Gear. It's called Full Sneak. And it's going to be an apparel company, kind of like a lifestyle brand. You know, there's other people that are opening opening those up as well. And I just want to throw my hat in the ring. It's going to be some t-shirts with some kick-ass designs. Um, I'm going to start the company slow with only a couple of products. That's where you're going to be able to find the Nine Finger Chronicles hat when it comes out. But really what I'm doing is I'm going to start trickling new products into it, you know, every month or every couple weeks, just Just so I don't, you know, really the reason I'm going slow is budgeting. And from, from a business standpoint, I'm going to grow the business really slow. And then I'm going to get to a point where I can drop some bombs on you. And then you guys can go, uh, go buy that stuff. So uh, be sure I, I have the... It's going to be fullsneakgear.com it's not up yet there's nothing for sale yet but that's what it's going to be and as soon as I get my hat made as soon as I get my first shirt made uh go there buy millions and millions of dollars of it so I can put that money back into the company and come out with some really kick-ass gear for uh you know for the whole like the whole everything outside of the tree stand is really what i'm trying to think there's enough hunting gear brands out there but i'm talking hoodies i'm talking t-shirts i'm talking hats you know stuff to stuff that's really really good quality so that when you take your your uh, wife on a date you can wear a really nice t-shirt a really nice hat and then you can drop a bomb on her and let her know that you're going to be gone for the entire month of november so uh okay fullsneakgear.com it's that's coming Other than that, man, I've talked too long. Let's get into today's episode with my man, Lucas Psycho. Three, two, one. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson. And today we are joined by special guest, whitetail nut, hunting enthusiast, Lucas Psycho. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going, Dan? Going good, man. Going good. How's
1: everything over there?
0: It's going good, man. Finally.
1: Great great state of Iowa over there.
0: Yeah. Finally, the heat broke. And, man, we've been having like, I don't know, uh, mornings now in the high 40s. And it's got me jonesing to get in a tree.
1: Yeah. 100%, man. Same up here.
0: Yeah. All right. Um I think today what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna kind of skip the BS session and we're gonna get right into the deer hunting uh, talk today. And um, uh, what what happened was we were recording this and we had a really good flow and then we had some Wi-Fi connections uh, and so this is like our this is our second attempt at uh, trying to kick off this episode. That shit happens all the time, so. Um, I want to talk, I want to get into a little bit about what we talked about during the uh, the first go around. And that was somebody like, I don't know, did you read it somewhere or did someone reach out to you and tell you that it was easy? Like hunting is easy up in North Dakota compared to where they were or, or how did that all come about?
1: Well, I I think it's it's probably all perspective too. Like It's just a general thing that you you hear you listen to different podcasts and stuff over you know over time and and uh you know it's probably more of uh what's potentially there in particular in in several states across the country what's there to actually kill what's possible what's what lives there right that's probably more of of the perspective but you know people might be loose with their words or or however and just kind of make it sound like well they're just everywhere up in those areas whether it's iowa or illinois or wherever it might Mm -hmm. be kansas north dakota you know whatever and i I don't know that i don't know that that's 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 the the truth you know Mm -hmm. um i think uh, there's a lot that goes into it um you know i think it makes a big deal that that big deer live in certain States more so than others, you know, and if there's maybe more of them out there, I won't ever deny that. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes it's just a, one of those things folks think like, well, if a guy's success, they only successful year and after year after year. And, um, that, you know, people think like, wow, you know, like it's gotta be, it's gotta be something maybe a little bit easier than others, you yeah. know? And, yeah. and so, yeah, it's just one of those things. Yeah. But, uh, a lot goes into
0: it and that's and that's where I, where I would say of course of course it is if if you're in Pennsylvania or Michigan and you're looking at me in Iowa and and you're saying man dude it's mm-hmm. God it looks it looks so easy in Iowa. It is compared to your your scenario. And then the other yeah. thing that makes it easy is the amount of experience guys like us have put into this craft, like the hours and hours of scouting. And I don't, I I should say hundreds to maybe thousands of hours of scouting in our lifetime, hundreds and possibly thousands of hours in a tree stand, actually hunting and failing all the time. And so when it wasn't easy back then, but for me now I'm like, it's easier than what it was. Uh, and, and there's years mm-hmm. like, so like, I, I don't know about you, how many years in a row have you killed now?
1: I, well, I've never not punched my bow tag since 20, since I was like 14, 14.
0: Okay. You all know? right. So uh, you're on a serious, you know, you're on a serious, yeah. uh, heater, right? And not, now. All
1: those are, not all those are giants, you know, yeah. by any means, you know, yeah. young bucks, you know, growing up, working my way up the, the old totem pole, you know, to get to older and bigger deer. Yeah. But,
0: but it took you it took you time to get to that, that point.
1: Right. Yeah. 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 Serious, serious time. Yep.
0: Yeah. And so when someone tells me, Oh, it must be, it's gotta be easier. Well, yeah, it probably is easier than hunting, you know, public land right outside of Detroit, Michigan, where hundreds of other people go or whatever, or you hear the horror stories, right? And so, yeah, yeah, it is, it is easier when there's way less people in these environments and there is no public land in the state of Iowa. I mean, there's hardly any compared to the whole state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it is easier if you, if you, but I still had to go through this gigantic learning curve in order to make it look easy. 'Cause right. the, I mean, the better you get at something, the the easier it looks. You think Kobe Bryant or Tom Brady, <laughs> you know, those guys make it look like they're not even trying. They're so good at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean when as, you know, those guys are just it's just it's it's all that time. Time put towards it, man. It's yeah. the time nobody else is doing, right? They're right. waking up early, you know, it's it's all of it, mm-hmm. you know. And and like you said, that it's not only the experience, it's the experience in the area you're hunting, mm-hmm. you know you get to know these places like, mm-hmm. like you might as well live there. Mm-hmm. You know, you, 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 spend enough time in them over the years. You, you hunt them with other people that feel got different perspectives and you start bringing in everything from, you know, maybe a generation above you that's hunted certain areas. And I pick the brains of others, other killers in this area all the time. You know, every, anytime I run into a guy that I know is like, oh, this guy is, he's been around. You know, and I'll just pick his brain about the movement right there. I'll meet him on the riverbank or something and be like, hey, you know, what do you think about, you know, how's this, how's this usually been like this in this area? Mm-hmm. You know, has it always been like this? What happened when the water was lower or higher? And, you know, yeah. and it's just a constant, constant learning curve that you're trying to, you know, give, give every advantage to gather as much information, you yeah. know, and there's just so much that goes into it.
0: I'll tell you this, man, I can remember back in the white knuckle production days, I'd show up at Todd's house and I'm, it would be like noon or one o'clock in the afternoon on like early October. It's pretty hot outside. And I'm just like, Hey, uh, let's go, let's go hunting. I don't care. I'll film you. You film me. And let's both go to our uh, our separate places, whatever, but let's go hunting. And he's like, dude, right. you just, he didn't seem interested in it at that time. But then what I learned, uh-huh. you know, like I, I learned over time is that, If you know your property really, really well, and you know how deer move, not only on a daily basis, but throughout the entire year, there are points in time where you just don't need to get excited to go hunting, like go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and, and guys that guys that I've hunted with that have, you know, have come up and wanted to experience this stuff. Sometimes it's hard for them to understand that type of thing, you know, like. Cause it's just, it's just a, it's one of those things you, you you almost just get a feel for it Mm -hmm. and to explain it to someone can be extremely tough. Yeah. You know, and you can just go just, you know, you can kind of come up with all the scenarios that you've seen in the past and kind of, you know, lay examples out, but until they were to absolutely like be there through the years and everything and feel everything that was going down, you know? Yeah. And that's why
0: I, I give kudos to guys who are public land guys, but go out of state and have continued success because they don't live in that state. Like you take mm-hmm. me, you take yeah. me out of this environment and you put like, uh, I've been going to South Dakota for several years to try to chase a mule deer. Yeah. And it, it's not easy. Um, especially if you're not out there living in that environment. So basically what I'm doing is I'm taking five to six days out of an entire year and hoping it all comes together. Right. I, I do my scouting. I collect my data over the years and whatnot, but it's, that's, that to me is, it's impressive when someone can take the principles in, out of their own state or what they're currently doing in where they live and then transfer them to other pieces, whether they're just like, I don't know, from Iowa to Illinois or from Mm -hmm. Iowa to North or South Dakota in a completely different terrain set.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's, there's a, there's this, every state is, is so it's, it's got its own thing, you know, and I've only hunted a handful of them. And, and so it's, I got a lot of traveling to do in my day yet before I'm finished, you yeah. know, like my life situation just hasn't catered to running around outside of, you know, the, the, the neighboring States, you know, yeah. the right here, close to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, Do a lot of coaching and during, during, you know, the fall and winter and stuff with, with sports. So, some of it just, you just don't have the time to go, but yeah. um, someday, someday, definitely, you know, going to, going to hit, hit stuff like that harder and maybe a little bit more in the next few, next few years. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, you're right. It, it It's just one of those, one of those deals where, you know, if you can take what you know, where you live and apply it somewhere else. Great. But I'll bet there's going to be a lot of different things that you're yeah. going to encounter and they're going to be like head scratchers, yeah. you know?
0: yep absolutely it's all on how you uh adjust when you get out to those those types of places
1: yeah yeah yeah. i think i think the most important thing a guy can do if you go out of state just grind man like you you got to accept that it's going to get tough and you got to just think outside the box do everything you can you know network with whoever you can network with you know make phone calls you know knock on doors whatever Get as much intel as you can. Go out there, get after it. You're gonna, you're gonna be able to hunt that place the next year, the next year after, the next year after. You're just gonna get better at it, yeah. and your success may come two, three years down the road in that place. Right. You know. Right.
0: That's a fact. All right. So um, I want to talk about <laughs> your season so far, which has been really good. Uh, I would say. Uh, my question, though.
1: Very what? Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. I'll say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. So river bottom guy, right? And a lot of the times, uh, water level has an impact on how you hunt, where you hunt your access routes, all that stuff. Um, why don't you set the stage for this season by talking a little bit about the water levels and maybe what else you did to prepare for this upcoming season?
1: I guess, you know, know where I want to start is kind of a funny story. just a quick funny story. And because I think this happens to guys. I'm not, I'm not the only one, but I can be a little bit of a oblivious guy. Like I just kind of just one year after year, this or that, I don't pay attention to everything that's coming out, which I should as far as regulations and everything. Mm -hmm. So I went out, I went out and this is no secret. I told a lot of people about it already and dealt with it. But uh, I went out like a week before, uh like it was like the 13th or 14th of august to hang trail cameras yeah well i go out there and hang one camera i'm headed back to my truck game warden gives me a text or a call i missed it and then he texted me hey give me a shout there's a guy i know we know each other you know back and forth we've talked plenty you know so we know each other so i'm like hmm. i wonder what wonder what he needed so i I call him and i'm just about back to my truck he's like hey uh can you wait by your truck for me? I'm just coming out of the woods. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he comes walking up. uh, He's got a couple of cameras in his hand, uh, cell cameras. And I was like, uh, uh, he's like, Hey, uh, you putting out cameras today? I said, yeah, I said, I put out one. And he's like, oh, you're a bit early yet. Uh, Quite a bit early. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, he's like, oh, you can't have them out till the 20th. And I was like, okay. uh, Yeah. Kind of news to me he's like what do you think it was I was like to be honest i thought it was a month prior to season and a month after season and that was your 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 equipment dates yeah in that inside that was that's just an assumption that right? that's just yeah. been that way like but he said oh yeah as the last couple of years you know last couple of years he said something like it was I don't even i haven't looked into like when it changed but it's just like it is what it is now so yeah. it's not going to change anything. but so he comes up and he's telling me that. And he's like, so you got one camera out and he's like, these ones aren't yours. And I was like, no, those aren't mine. You know, um, he's like, you sure? There's one padlock back there. He's like, is that one yours? I'm like, no, not mine. And, uh, he's like, okay, well, uh, um, we're gonna have to take, we're gonna have to take care of this. I was like, absolutely. You know, it's been, it's only been up for like 15 minutes. So obviously, yeah. you know, like we can go get the dang thing, whatever. And so he was cool about it. Uh, You know, I paid a hundred, I paid the hundred dollar fine for putting it out. It's a hundred dollars per, per camera, but um, it's just one of those, one of those deals where uh, every now and then a guy just gets, gets caught with like, Hey, you didn't read the regs. Like you didn't update yourself. So I will say that to everybody. Like, Hey, if you think, you know, maybe just go and review before season because That one caught me completely off guard. Yeah. that. that, I I talked to a lot of other other local guys here that hunt a lot and use cameras a lot. And I just gave them all heads up because I was like, I don't know if you guys know this. But and like 95% of guys didn't know it. Oh, yeah. So it just kind of just changed and nobody even paid attention to it. Yeah.
0: Dude, I'll tell you this right now. And they change every single year. Um, Yeah. I think that I am on. There's one state I get. I get, um, man, it's one of the states that I've hunted. I forget which one it is. I'd have to dig through my emails, but anyway, Mm -hmm. they, they send out amendments, uh, like reminders. Hey, check out the new regulations, but they send them in big block text and they're not, they're not bullet pointed. They're not highlighted. And so if they think people are going to read through that, they're, (laughs) they're wrong. But at the same time it is the responsibility of the hunter to make sure Mm -hmm. that those are, but it sucks, man. I mean, uh, (laughs) it's not like you're out there poaching or anything, but it is, it, uh, it it, it, it is a reminder to make sure you check all your rules and regulations. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's wild, man. Uh, the the whole, the whole thing is, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't disagree with it at all, but like the only thing I would say with that rule here in North Dakota is if if you put, if you push that to, you know, 10 days before season opens, um, now all I can think of is that 10 days prior to opener, the woods get flooded with people. And now the opening, the the opener of season gets that dampening of, Hey, the woods just all of a sudden got super busy. The deer just go lock it, lock it in. They're like, They're coming, you know, yeah. it's, they're not stupid. And so that, if there was one argument I had with that was in which it, it wasn't the game wardens, you know, fault by any means, you know, but um, it's just like, I don't know if that thought was, was taken into effect there. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, um, You know, maybe we don't want everybody running around in the woods 10 days or the two weekends prior to opener, you yeah. know, just all at once. Cause, cause some of these areas are heavy, heavily hunted, lots of guys hitting them. And if you get everybody going at once, I mean, it's going to put a, and and it did. This this opener was the slowest, toughest opener I've ever I've ever encountered by far.
0: It was slow. Because of a lot of pressure in the previous days.
1: And if that was it, that was it. But we, we also just the deer numbers are just, you know, we, we're just not recovering from, you know, that that spout of EHD a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, really low fawn numbers from what we've seen, you know, I'm talking to other guys around here. Um, I know we got a coyote issue. I, there's, we saw coyotes almost every day, you know, yeah. as opposed to in that, which generally seems pretty odd, you know. Like you see a coyote, you're, you know, it's especially just daylight, just running around. It's yeah. not real common, you know. Just and you're not seeing very far when you're bow hunting. Number one, so yeah, yeah, it was it was odd. I don't know if that's a that's a mixture of it, you know, and then all the traffic and people in there all at one time, yeah, possibly play that.
0: Well, here's what I'll say is you and the people of North Dakota actually, and this is my opinion, actually have a, a, a say in possibly changing that rule. So if you band mm-hmm. together with enough yep. of your buddies and say, hey, listen, what, why can't I have it now? Is it cell cameras or is it all trail cameras? It's it's,
1: it's, it's all, yeah, it's all, all equipment.
0: All equipment. Yeah. Degree, so yeah. And
1: that." that might be just trail cam though. I, I think I got to go check that because I don't know if they changed that from all equipment 10 days prior. And then, and then you used to get uh, uh, a 30 days or whatever it was after season closed to get all your stuff out. Yeah. But um, it's something to refresh a guy's memory. If you're hunting North Dakota and just uh, go t- to go check on it. But, yep. but, uh, but yeah, I mean one way or the other, yeah. one way or the other, I, I really don't, you know, I know states are starting to ban, you know, cell cams, and I know that's a big topic running around and wouldn't break my heart if we did that, you know, it just wouldn't, you know, Uh, I was having a talk with my taxidermist last night and he's old school. He's been around forever around here and, and uh, he was making some really good points and, 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 and uh, with technology and how far it's come and, and maybe we're just getting too good at killing deer with our bows. And Mm -hmm. I think that we're not tracking it. That's the thing up here. And I think he and I talked at in depth about like how, you know, we we need to somehow, and he's not going to fight the battle. He's just had it. He's, he's, he's tried to in the past to get involved and you know, he just uh, it's just, it's really tough to your patience is tested very, very much. So when you're trying to get involved with these things and so, you know, it's more for the younger generation, myself, you know, and other guys coming up that, you know, we have the energy and the push and, and we have, we have it to lose too. You know, right. like, if things start, don't get better, and they just continuously get more, I guess, open, right? Where it's just like, we get to use cell, cell cams, and there's no, there's, it's just, it's it gets a little weird, I, to be honest, with the cell cam thing. Yeah. Um, it, to be able to get a picture of a deer, and then you could literally, like, if you live live where I live, like, I could be on top of some of these deer in five minutes, mm-hmm. you know? I really could. And so, I just don't know about that. Yeah. I, I definitely don't use them that way. you know, I've used them. I'm not going to say I don't, but if they were to take them away, but, but, so be it, I, I'd be happier to be honest with you. yeah, but I mean, I use them in places I just don't want to enter. That's it, yeah, you know I mean that's, that's what I do. and yeah. but
0: all of my all of my cell cams are over an hour away. And so, yeah, and that's—I
1: think that type of situation is—that's the thing. It's so hard to put in a box. Yeah, there's so many different, so many different situations out there. Guys got farms outside of states that are, you know, or whatever, six, seven, ten hours, twenty hours away. And how are you going to check those? Yeah, you know, and
0: that's and, whatever you know, and that's. I mean, whether it's cell cams or it's trail cameras, I mean. Even before, like once I started using trail cameras, I'll be completely honest with you, I started killing bigger bigger caliber deer, straight up. Only, yeah. be, only because I knew what deer were around. And so it's a lot easier yep. to pass a three-year-old when you know <laughs> how many four-year-olds, five-year-olds, however many are around.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And so, yeah. I mean...
1: That's a good point.
0: Yeah, and and I would say that I may not have the same standards if i wasn't able to use trail cameras like i mean this past year i passed i passed a couple 145 class four-year-olds a couple of them mm-hmm. i may not have passed those deer if i didn't have trail cameras out knowing what was what was in the area and so right. i don't know man i the here's what here's what i i say is just go out and hunt your own hunt because if you, I mean, you look at how, especially here in Iowa, how people hunt, mm-hmm. it is have a property, plant food plots, sit in a box blind. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yes, there's the running gun crowd and things like that. But that's usually, but for most of the people in Iowa, they they have access to private where they're able to manipulate the habitat and they can go in there and they plant food plots or... Uh, you know uh, the habitat work, and they have the cell cams over it, so they know exactly what specific deer are doing almost all day long. You want to hear? Yeah. You want to hear a number? You want to hear a number that I uh, a rumor that I heard? I'm not going to say who it is, mm-hmm. but there is uh, some people out there who use a lot of cell cams to track their yeah. deer across all their properties. And I heard that their monthly cell phone, uh, cell camera bill was $3,500 a month.
1: Wow. Wow. <laughs> what?
0: Like, like <laughs> what? You know what? I mean, just, it just, just blows my mind, man. I pay and I, and I think I, ha- I'm crazy for spending a hundred dollars a month on yeah. however many cell cameras I have. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. I, I, <laughs> that's a house payment. Two house payments. It's
1: wild. It's wild. Yeah. And yeah, they maybe only do that for, you know, three months out of the year or whatever. But it's still a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, and that's a lot of cameras. It's a lot of surveillance. It's, a, you know, it's. yeah. I, I'm not judging it by any means. I mean, like you said, it's to guy, you know, guy just to do what he what he what he if it's legal. It's legal. So, I mean, do what yeah. a guy needs to do. Right. I yeah. mean, some guys just have zero time. They have zero time. Yeah. to do anything outside of getting out once a year to hang the cameras they put their solar panels up on them. they don't have to touch them and they just go all right if i'm going to have a very minimal amount of time to go hunting i got to make sure i have that one day or two or three or four a year that i feel extremely like very very confident like okay he's there that one's happened it's it's pattern it's, he's moving around in that area often and they yeah. go in there and they have a good hunt and they kill and they, they're happy and their family's happy and it's, it works. It, it's just, man, like I said, that <laughs> putting it in a box is so hard too. Yeah. You know? Um, okay. I just Googled what, mm-hmm.
0: I just Googled what is hunting. Okay. And so yep. uh, according to the Oxford dictionary, hunting is the activity of hunting wild animals or game, especially for food or sport. Okay um Mm -hmm. okay so that's that's hunting says it's an activity the activity of hunting is Mm -hmm. managed i want to hear your your thoughts on this is Mm -hmm. managing let's just say a thousand acres of food like food plots timber stand improvement uh, habitat improvement um cell cameras all over the properties uh you know documenting every deer knowing where they bed right now all day long like ha- having it mapped out food all year round like every decision you make on that that thousand acres is for deer mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then you go and uh october 1st comes and you can start to hunt right is that hunting
1: that's the wildest question out there right now isn't it Dan
0: I think so man
1: that's like one of the I mean it, it is I, I to, to, to answer that it's like like you said I think it I think it comes down to whoever's doing it and what their perspective is yeah you know, and what they want and what they have available and you know their whole their whole life situation right some right. Guy, some guys that land is handed down from generation to generation to generation. And I'll tell you what, if I had even 500 acres handed down to me, I guarantee you, I would be getting into the same thing, doing the same stuff because I think it is a fun thing to do. And I think that's why people do it is it's extremely fun to create this magical habitat where these deer get to grow up to be something that's, you know, mind blowing to most people. Yeah. And I, I can respect that. Now, is it something that I'm interested in like right now and, and, you know, the way I grew up and the, and how everything happened for me. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it's not something I want to do. I have the opportunity to do it on, on a private piece. I choose not to do it. Yeah. You know, I know the guy, he, he, he's the, mo- he's the most friendly guy. He has all the equipment. He's asked me before, if I ever wanted to do anything and, you know, use the equipment or whatever he said, go for it. I choose not to. Yeah. I, you know, I just, I like to go in there without having, any play in what's going on with the deer. That's just, that's how I like to be, you know, and, and it has nothing to do with, you know, looking down or, or, or you know, I have good, good friends that do this, you yeah. know, that go out and take care of their properties. Really good friends, great, great guys, you know, love them to death. And, you know, and I've had them invite me to come to their places and hunt and stuff like that. And it doesn't quite intrigue me very much. It just right. doesn't, you know, Right. I would do it just to have a good memory with them alone. Yeah. You know, I would do that just because that's the reason though, is yeah. to go and be with them, hang out with them, see their property and see what they do and get a feel for what they do. You yeah. know? Yeah.
0: Man, I, I just, you know, I wish I could sit here and spit t- statistics out and say, this is the direction hunting is going, but I just, my gut, my gut feelings just keep going down the direction of a pay to play raise the, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the tags are going to get higher in some States. The, you know, access is only going to be limited to um, people who are allowed, you know, who have the, the land who, who own land. And Mm -hmm. meanwhile, like, especially in Iowa, man, I, every single year I see it or I hear about it where a, a piece of land is sold and, um, it's sold to maybe a non-resident or someone who's not from that area and and I don't know right. shit I don't know shit about land man like other than what my mm-hmm. grandpa taught me about it as you know he was they were farmers and mm-hmm. and I just feel like there's all these layers that are are not good that are pushing hunting in the direction of having to pay for it like, if you want to go on a hunt, you're gonna to have to use an outfitter, or you're gonna have like the the local yeah. boy, knocking on doors to get permission. That's all going bye bye. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, no,
1: I know. I agree, man. Like, I worry about it. <laughs> so I was talking to talking to, like I said my taxidermist last night, and I said, man, I'm worried about I'm worried about the the, the direction of everything. Just like you said, like. I I I I I struggle back and forth with technology and and where everything's going and the success rate of bow hunters and 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 everything that you know it, he he made the comment and he's like ban all trail cameras make everybody hunt with a recurve and we'll see we'll see we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I said I, said, I and, and this is just me I wouldn't even bat an eye at it I'd I pick just, up a that's why I am though I would just I would embrace it like fullheartedly like You know, I just would And, and I don't know, it, there's this, it's just a super complex thing. And I, I really do fear for what you're saying is like, you're gonna, you're gonna, there's not going to be the opportunity I grew up with. And I grew up with having endless amounts of public land to hunt and run around on and explore me and my buddies, you know, and that's where it's, that's where it starts, right? It starts where kids can go out and, and struggle yeah, I don't think there's much struggle in it anymore. No. You can just give a get a kid hooked up with a crossbow or or a, a, a nice compound, and they're shooting like ridiculously well. And you can put them in a box or a ground blind or whatever, and over a food and, plot, you know. And and and, and you, they can just have it so easy. Yeah. and and I don't know if that grabs them, you know. Like I remember struggling so bad, like just. But when things went well, it was so worth it at that point because it was like. Holy cow! I actually, I actually almost had one, or you know, whatever the case is. And I just, you know, I just think that that struggle is so important. Yeah. Just as a human being in general. Oh yeah. You just hear from anybody that's successful, anybody.
0: Yeah. They embrace.
1: They look back on that time of struggle as their favorite moment ever. Yeah. Or time.
0: Yeah, and and to elaborate on that, you said you know running around on public and having all those opportunities, man. Yep when I was, uh, I mean, I started knocking on doors when I was like 13, 14 years old. Okay. And I got Mm -hmm. yeses from just about anybody, maybe because I was a kid and I was honest, you know, like unassuming, like this kid's not going to do shit with his, you know, (laughs) his $15 bow or whatever it was that I had, you know? And so they knew like, uh, he's not going to be going too hard, but like from 14 to 26 you know 20 you know maybe even 30 i was able to knock on a ton of doors and Mm -hmm. and just be like hey can i hunt your property oh yeah absolutely come on out you know come on and hunt and you in in iowa you can't do that anymore i mean there's especially in in the in the eastern and southern part of the state every single it's owned by someone i mean i'm not saying it's It's a 0% chance, but it's very low because the cat's out of the bag, man. There's money to be made from whitetails. And if you're a farmer who doesn't hunt, why not make some extra money selling hunts or having an outfitter run it? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I mean, and you can't blame them. No, you you can't can't blame them.
0: them. You can't blame them.
1: And and because that's exactly what happens, you know, 15 year old, you know, Joe, Joe goes and walks up and asks for permission, gets permission in the, in the off season, you know the other guy comes in with $3,500 to offer yep. says, Hey, I'd like to just hunt this place exclusively. And even if it's just for the month of November or something, yeah. you know, they do that too. And, and now, now that kid or kids, sometimes it's a group or whatever, or not even a kid, just some guy, you know, yep. doesn't have the, doesn't have the fort, you know, he's, he's the fortune to have the the money to do it. You yeah. know, all he can do is knock on a door. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it, get, it gets, it gets, it gets, uh, super complex man like when you think about it it's just it's it's so hard yeah it's so hard to figure out what is the right answer right is there one yeah you know
0: yeah i don't know what the answer is man i just hope that the people who have a lot of sway uh and the people who make some of these big decisions whether that is uh, politicians whether it's the department of natural resources whether it's people within the hunting community and in the hunting industry i just hope at the at the time they look at the future of hunting and not necessarily how much money can be made from it
1: yeah and the question that comes to mind for me is does it have a future without the money attached yeah that's that's the that's the that's the shitty question yeah like and it's like i have to say that it if it doesn't have value it's like it doesn't matter anymore in this world you know yeah where it's going and that's the sad part yeah you know i I think it does that's
0: where i'm optimistic right i feel like if the hunting the hunting media side of things collapsed Mm -hmm. and there was no more no more hunting on youtube there was no more Mm -hmm. hunting on you know uh the outdoor channel that all went bye-bye you know uh, carbon tv it all went bye-bye i'm still hunting You're still hunting. I'm still
1: hunting. We're still hunting.
0: Right. Everybody's still going to hunt. They just can't, they can't enjoy it from an entertainment standpoint.
1: Yeah. 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 You just, you just gotta, yeah, you gotta wonder. You gotta wonder. I'd like to see, I'd like to see the movement of all the money, you know, and, and see what, uh, you know, I've heard, you know, states put certain taxes like a penny tax or something on every single thing that's bought with, that goes, you know, anything re- remotely close to hunting or fishing and whatnot. Yep. And it just, they, there's just that little simple thing. It doesn't seem like much, but at the end of the day, I, you know, it, it, it adds up to be a massive amount, you know? And yep. I think there's ways to do it where if, if, if money is what it takes, well, we figure out and get creative with it. Mm-hmm. And we make it so it doesn't taint the tradition of hunting. I hate calling it a sport. I don't know about you. I hate calling it a sport. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I just, I just, I, I don't know. I've always had a problem with that you know, yeah. for some reason, but is it more of a tradition to me? Like, and, and just, it's, it's kind of what we've, we've, cause we don't have to do it to eat right now, right now. No. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yep. You know, but uh, you know, it's, I hope we never see that day, but I think it's more of a, it's, it's, it's us getting in touch with where we come from. I think, you know?
0: yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with human nature. I mean, humans by nature are a competitive creature right? Mm -hmm. We, we're not, we're, we're not only competitive, but we're, we're, I hate to say it. We're like bad. Mm -hmm. There's like bad things about humans. Mm -hmm. Like there is, there, there is love and there is kindness. There's a lot of that, but whenever there's money involved, you, you start to see greed, like words like greed and jealousy and uh, you know, whatever, whatever, fill in, fill in the negative word. It can be, it's like, so and so shot a big buck. Well, what did he do? How did he shoot it? Did he do it with the crossbow? Yeah. Where, 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 yeah. Was he on a yeah. Was he on a, yeah. a a a outfitter? You know, like stroking mm-hmm. dick. You know, just like whatever, man. Oh yeah. Like that needs to stop. Yep. And like I yep. I I don't see it stopping because the the craze for big antlers, big antlers. Yeah, big antlers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's crazy.
1: That's that part of it, right? Mm-hmm. We're chasing chasing these big bucks. They got big antlers and whatnot. But I don't sit around. I don't sit around my. I don't sit around my uh, living room in the basement where all my mounts are, and look at the antlers and and just admire the antlers. I I, I literally think of the hunt Absolutely. and who was there mm-hmm. when I recovered that deer what was said then did i cry did, what was the whole situation <laughs> yeah. right cuz i have i've cried over a couple mm-hmm. you know the first one after todd died cried like a little baby yeah. you know my dad was there it was emotional the yeah. whole thing you know and that's the stuff that i get emotional thinking about it dude yeah. like that's that's why i do it mm-hmm. you know i do it because i want that that feeling i yeah. want that impact on me as yeah. a person you know, and 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 that's why I like to share with people. Yeah. You know, and and if if there's anything like the, you know, I I know I get criticism for having guys up from out of state. You know, I do. I get criticism. I get criticism for people who are here. You know, They're like oh we're coming up and shooting all of our all of our deer. I'm like oh my god, one guy out of every year maybe gets one, maybe. <laughs> we're most of the time watching deer. Yeah. You know, we know how tough it is and make it happen in five six days. Yeah. You know, and. And they're not, you know, the guys are, the guys are never allowed to shoot does, you know, like we just, cause the numbers aren't great. So it's like, you better be, if you're coming up to hunt, like you're coming up to hunt a mature deer, you know, we're going to go out and we're going to work together. And, you know, I benefit from it just as much as anybody else. We, more eyes out there, more intel. We, we just have a great time, you know, and we, we sit and talk about when, when they're all here, we sit and talk about how fortunate we are to be where we are, what we're doing at that time. You know, and it's never like, it's never just like, wow, we, we didn't see any big bucks or we're not on big bucks or it's, if it, if we don't get a big buck, it's, it's a lost cause. Yeah. It's never, it's never that way. Yeah. And it shouldn't.
0: Right. You know, to finish one of your thoughts on like the emotional side of it. Like I, I, I honestly feel sorry for the people who hunt that don't get that jacked up moment after they shoot it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's people out there who are just like, you know uh, who was I, I was listening to a documentary uh, about Nick Saban in Alabama and he was talking, mm-hmm. he was talking about how there's no such thing as an enjoyable win because wins are not supposed to be, wins are uh, expected They're It's not a celebration. It is expected to win. And a loss mm-hmm. is like a death in the family. Like, People start talking trash and stuff like it. So, so if, man, I really feel sorry for the people who do not, who are going out and killing deer and they're just doing it either for a business or they're doing it for some kind of, to make themselves some like seem legitimate or whatever the case may be, dude, that rush All that work that we talked about earlier, all the scouting, all the time in the tree stand, it all comes down to a 30-second window, let's say. Yeah. And then how jacked you are in that 30 seconds. Like, that's why we do it. The 30 seconds, Mm -hmm. the 10 sec, the 15 seconds, you see him walking in, drop, you know, put an arrow through him, and you see him go and tip over you know hopefully and that that moment of time and that high that you ride until you go and you put your hands on that animal for the first time i feel sorry for people who don't experience that man
1: yeah it's 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 unlike anything else there's just you know i've played in big sports games you know i i've done all kinds of stuff like that and i've been to big events to you know whether it's ufc events and stuff like that and like Nothing nothing like, you know, when you see good things that happen, you know, in your life, but like, um, there's just something different about, about putting in, putting in the time, putting in the effort and, and succeeding in what you wanted to get out and do out there. And then, and then the first thing that, the first thing that, that is, is the best about that situation is who who you, who you call and who you text, who you sharing that, who you sharing that with, because I mean, that, that's, 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 Stuff that's priceless. You're Absolutely. never gonna get that. And, yeah. and I tell everybody, and I'll say now, like, don't rush yourself. When when that day comes, when you finally connect on something that you've been waiting for forever, and you and you've worked your ass off, don't rush through that night. Don't rush yeah. through that day. Yeah. Like, you need to slow down, savor it. Because I've done it. I've done it, man. I've done it where you just get you just get in a rush. You don't take the good pictures. You don't sit and you don't just sit and reflect on it. Mm-hmm. I make it a point to just sit with the deer and by myself like you know yeah. just sit right there with the deer for a bit and just think about the whole thing yeah you know you think about it all man yep. and when you're with your friends don't get in a rush to you know gut it as fast as possible and drag it out of the woods as fast as possible and get it over with as fast as possible because all you're gonna do is go to sleep
0: yeah
1: and then that day's over yeah you know and, and i always wish to go back to it Yeah, you know which is why i film i film everything because i like to i review this stuff all the time you know, yeah, and they only come around so often. So you might as well slow her down, That's and, and, and and take it in, man. Take it, take the smells, everything, everything. Take yeah. it all in.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So now <laughs> we got completely derailed there. I mean, for forty minutes, right?
1: So, yeah, I know. I so know.
0: so now, okay. talk to us a little bit about leading up obviously you had a little bit of a trail camera debacle there but leading up to this season lots of people in the woods lots of pressure slow um talk to us a little bit about your your plans for this this opener
1: so uh yeah big big thing was we were going into it really in the dark really in the dark like we just I had that one good deer, big, big eight with a flyer, you know, had him on camera and uh, he was, and I got a picture of him. Like, I think it was like the day before season, you yeah. know, finally got a picture of him. And uh, so knew of one good one. I always, I always knew there was going to be some somewhere, you know, it just more, more so it took, it was like our approach as, as uh, you know, the guys came into deer camp and we do an opener deer camp every year, anywhere from three to five, six guys. Sometimes, you know, it just depends on who can, who can swing it? We had a guy come up. He was hunting Montana. He stayed at the house. Uh, we ended up getting two deer. Uh, my, my buddy Dustin Moss, He slammed a really nice ten-pointer, a nice nice five by five in full velvet. I think that was his first first velvet buck. Uh, so really stoked for him. And and uh, they had to get crafty with getting in on that deer. Um, and then uh, and then uh, I had my buddy Jared up as well. And he'd never. He, he's from PA, uh, and he'd never seen anything like this. He's never hunted at whitetail in this kind of, uh, environment. So he was more just like, I just really want to see how the heck you do it up here. Like, how do you, you know, what is it like, you know? And it's just, he's mule deer hunted up in Southern and it was like more, more Southern North Dakota or something like that before. And, uh, um, so he knew what North Dakota you know was, but then he got here and he's like, Oh, this is nothing like what I was hunting, you yeah. know, down in Southern North Dakota. It's a completely different place, you know? And so, um, so anyways, you know, we, we got, we got to work and man, we struggled. (laughs) We struggled. Uh, um, we, uh, as a group, you know, we, there was a couple of spots that we seen, seen some good deer. Um, nothing that everybody was really getting fired up about, but one morning early on, uh, Jared and I were sitting in the same tree and, uh, more so just trying to get to know each other a little better, never spoke on the phone and text and stuff a lot, you know, and, but you know, just wanted to hang out together a little bit. So I sat with him and, and that's when the deer, he ends up killing come in to 30 yards and um, never presented a shot, never, never it, was, it, was, it was just, a, it was a funny situation. He did, he did what we didn't think he would do. Like he came in to where we were hoping he'd come, but he, he went through a completely different area, almost made his own tracks. Like, you know, where we were, we were on a big heavy trail Mm-hmm. All the deer use the big, heavy trail. And what does the big guy do? <laughs> he doesn't do anything that you you wanted him to do. Right. So he slips away. And uh, for the next, like we knew how big he was. We got a glimpse of him, and I was like, "Holy moly, dude!" Picket fence. Like I, pretty certain I've never seen a big, that big of a velvet buck. You know, yeah. and, and from the tree stand. And so from that moment on, you know, he and I, and and uh, he and I just we ended up covering a hundred miles on the river between he and I in that boat. And, and we had a couple other guys in it here and there, but we were, we were traveling the farthest to get to this, this area where this buck was. Yeah. And, and so I was like, well, let's, let's see if we can make it happen. What happens if I, if there's essentially like, you know, two options to try to kill this deer every time, you yeah. know, there, there, wasn't, there always wasn't, you know, it was just one of us hunting him sometimes or whatever throughout the week. Cause the winds just weren't working, but we struggled. We didn't you know between the two of us, I think we went four days or three and a half days not seeing a single deer, you okay. know, from the time we had. So we discovered that he, uh, that, that group of deer after that, that, that last morning of the last day, it was like evident that, ah, uh, that we, we, we must've screwed up somewhere along the way. Like we thought we were hunting perfectly flawlessly coming from the river, you know, using the wind perfectly entrance exit was very low impact doing everything that you think is perfect well it was evident that them deer had had moved you know even all of them like there was like 10 12 deer we saw that morning when we saw him not a single one at since kind of kind of weird right and uh so we we got to looking at it uh i was able to gain gain access to some to some private to just cross their land i called the landowner and good thing i know the brother of the owner and put in a good word for me and said, yeah, he's, he, you know, he's good. You can trust him. And we were able to just cross their property to get to the public that we needed to get to. Oh, that's and awesome. we scouted that. Yeah. We scouted that afternoon of his last night, uh, Jared's last night being here. And uh, we found what we were looking for. Big, big, fresh tracks, big, fresh tracks out, out, out on a, uh, basically just a willow bar yeah. with a few trees on it. And, and so uh, we also found, uh, we found two areas that we thought, he could be in you know two separate areas from where we were really hunting and and uh it was just kind of the, um one of those deals where all right what we just got to split up and see if see if we can have them pinned down here and and uh jared went in one area i went in the other and i just told him i said if, if you're gonna go into that piece that's like and he's never done this before i said you gotta push in i said it's gonna feel weird i know but go in there man Go in there, scout. Challenge yourself to figure out where the best spot to kill this deer is. Mm-hmm. Go in there, trust your gut, follow the tracks, read the sign, hang, a, hang your tree and, and hang in your tree and, and kill him if he comes through. And he, he did. <laughs> he went in there, man, and I bet he was within 50 yards of that deer when that deer got up because he shot him at 8:50 8, or 8:49, and, and last light was 8:59 so okay. he shot him at the very last moment yeah he didn't even know what he shot you know basically because it happened so quick yeah he had a so quick did you, glimpse shot him so
0: i need to talk about it, a little bit about the logistics here you have mm-hmm. how, how many guys came up for camp opener this year
1: yeah uh, i think it was six guys plus the guy that was hunting montana
0: plus the guy who was hunting montana okay <laughs> yep, so that's what it was. six guys at uh, six guys hunting north dakota Around by, yep, by we, and we
1: were spread out quite quite some ways. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we, were, we were going all over the place, so, meeting back in, at the house.
0: Yeah, so yep. for the guys who were not from North Dakota, right, you obviously have a ton of intel. You have, uh, you know, mm-hmm. history on specific deer. How did you, like, did you know some of these deer were in the area before – the you know before they got there so you could say to them hey listen good deer over here not sure where he's at though no. but no
1: not this year yeah no i i knew historically like from last year where the numbers were mm-hmm. where, where maybe the, the good numbers some younger but you know younger up and comer bucks or or some big ones that lived. i knew that but they had no confirmation of whether you know which ones were survived you yeah. know but we, we, most of the guys come up, man, and they're, they're, they, they come up and they are pretty strict about how much help they want, too. You know, yeah. it's, you know, they want to feel like they did something. They yeah. don't want it just spoon fed, you know? Yeah. And, and so, um, and, and some of the guys have been coming up for so long, they got a really good feel for the area with me now, you yeah. know, just by just coming up. So we, it's, it's, uh, that's the best part, man. Like the game planning and everybody coming up with their own ideas. And then we figure out, what the best scenario is for, for each of us. And sometimes it's just like you get up in the morning. If you got a longer haul, you're gone before everybody else. And then you just start getting texts throughout the morning. Like, oh, I ended up here, you know, shooting yeah. pins to pee people. And like, and then you, that's, that's fun, man. I, I yeah. think it's just, it's a blast when you got all that opportunity for something cool to happen. And I think Camaraderie. that's probably, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, and that's what it is, man. You just, uh, a deer, I never really been a part of deer camp. I never, I always heard of people doing deer camps, you know, in like like Wisconsin and Minnesota and like all these places where people have their little hunting cabins and stuff like that. And I always thought that was one of the coolest things, man. I, I always wanted to have that. And we used to do something similar like that up here years, years ago where everybody was doing deer drives. And you got together with everybody, you did deer drives all day, all weekend. And you had food at the end of the day or breakfast in the morning with everybody. And I just missed that. So yeah. I started... So I started, you know, seeing if there were certain guys and wanted to come up and, and would do that, you know, and, and have a little bit of a deer camp to start the year off. Yeah. Most of the time, it's just a lot of sweating and getting eaten by mosquitoes <laughs> and, and, and not, not having a lot of success, you know? But um, everybody everybody has a good time, you yeah. know? And and uh, it's just a blast, you know? And for the most part, it's just a bunch of guys doing guy stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So-
0: okay so i think one of my original questions was water what where was the water uh level at and obviously you guys you know you mentioned you put a a lot of miles on the boat so i take it the the water levels uh benefited you this year
1: well it uh it was actually significantly tougher to navigate the river than it has been in, in past years our water our river level was extremely low okay so um so prior to them coming up, uh, I had went out with my son and we charted we charted the main channel of the river because it's about a third of the river is main channel and the other two thirds of the river is sandbar or yeah. just barely any water in it. So you can't travel it with a boat. So you got to go out and map it out and chart it and make sure you're, you're on the channel the whole way. And it basically it bounces across all yeah. the time, the main channel. So that's what I went out and found. And so doing that, it took us, it took us like four or five, four or five hours that day, just to chart that, you know, figure out where the channel was to, to the, to the areas that I wanted to get to. But, um, as, and then as far as like, uh, everything is much wetter this year, mm-hmm. our, our the river went down and is low, but it went down late. Like we had a lot of water for quite some time. And so there was a lot of the areas we were hunting which it benefits a guy if he's willing to just go out and walk and look and find tracks. Cause man, when you got soft ground out there, <laughs> you can't hide a track and tracks don't lie. Yeah. So when that track, when you find those tracks, you know, you're, know you're in the right area. Yeah. And, and sometimes it was just a few here and there, but if it was a big one, all right. You know, they might've just started using that area and it hasn't become a big trail yet, but yeah. it will, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that, that's kind of how we went about it. But we found that deer a half mile, a half mile from where we first seen him. Okay. And the rest, and the rest of the deer. And so it was that scenario. We literally found where they shifted to, and there was all fresh tracks in the mud where we were looking, and it was like, all right, this might be them. Let's let's hunt it, you know. And
0: how many days went by from when you guys were in the stand together and you saw this buck to when he actually shot him? would you say a half a mile further up or down the river?
1: I think it would have been right at three days, three days. Okay. So we had six full hunts. Six I think days. it was six full hunts before we ended up figuring out where, where they were okay. seven, Yeah, seven. So it was, it was a lot, like I said, it was a, it was a slow three and a half days. <laughs> yeah. It was, you know, like, Oh, every other guys coming back from him. and we were getting shit from the guys like, they were thinking we were sitting the same tree stands and like, you know, like we, like you guys are just pushing that a little too hard, aren't you? And it was like, maybe (laughs) we might be, maybe, maybe we're being silly about it, but you know, I felt that I felt that we, we were going about it the right way. And, and Jared had, had some great insight and, and, and as well, like it was, it was fun to pick each other's brains and and come up with ideas together and use what he knows, use what I know about, about it. And, and, uh, you know, he pointed out things that I wouldn't think about, you know, because he's from, he's from a different area. And he was like, what about this? What happens with this? And, and and you go, Oh, you know what? I don't know. I never really thought about that. I never really thought about, you know, that angle of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, it was, it was really cool, man. And talk about, talk about just, you know, a great group of guys. And Jared, like, first time really hunting with him. We had a blast. We're, we're too high-energy guys. Yeah. The rest of the crew in the morning are a little bit slow-moving, you know, and we get up and we're we're, we're ready we're, to uh, go. We are fired up, dude. We were yeah. both like, all right, let's go. Let's go. Big bucks are <laughs> waiting. You know, like, we couldn't wait to make, make that, you know. It was like an eight, nine-mile eight, nine trip each time on the boat one way. And so it was – it was an adventure and, 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 uh, yeah, I know, I know he, he enjoyed it and he, 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 the first thing he said when he killed that deer, was like, I don't deserve this. He's like, he's like, why didn't he come out by you? Like, he's like, I don't deserve this. Like, he's like, this is just ridiculous, you know? But it was awesome. I know it. I know it meant a lot to him. You yeah. know, it meant a lot to me to see, see the look on a guy's face. And that's why you do it, man. This yeah. just like, he's never going to forget that. I'm never gonna forget that my dad was there yeah you know we got to show him how we do things even as a family right yeah took it up to my house put it in the you water know, took it into the cooler we cut the ribs off we cook them over a fire while we're doing that like just got to see a little bit different We sh- showed him how we got we got deer compared to what they do and like how we handle them drag them he never drug a deer out before by the horns and he got to experience that and And so just a lot of that type of thing that he got to see really what a different side to it all. And he was like, super thankful about that, you know?
0: Yeah. So the buck adjusted. So you guys had that encounter with him, couldn't find him again, went scouting through that piece of private, you know, you you were able to cut through there, access some public, found some tracks, could be, could have been him, could have been a different deer. Um, yeah. You move-
1: oh, I was hoping and praying it was another one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to the, to not lie, I was like, Oh, hopefully there's another one. <laughs>
0: um, so what do you think this deer was doing? Like what, where was he betting and, and where was he going for food?
1: You no, know it was weird. Every big deer we saw. Cause that morning that he killed, I had a big eight, that 25 yards and he slipped away. Right. Each big buck this year, Was was with a doe, just a a lone doe. Like for whatever reason, it just seemed odd. Hmm. And everyone just was like, "Oh, there's a doe with that. Just just with the buck." And it was just odd. Not that there was any rutting, obviously, or anything like that going on, but it was just strange. I'd never seen that before. If you see a big buck with a deer at this time of year, it's generally like a little four corner or another little young buck, you know. And he'll kind of let that little guy go and probe the area and he'll hang back. And, yeah. and so it was just kind of strange, you know, that was one little thing that we, we, we noticed, you know, as a group, but then, uh, yeah, he was, he was, he had his back and, and I mean, like he was covered on both sides cause he was, he was covered by water on both sides. It was kind of like a little peninsula and, uh, it was flawless, man. It was, it was just like a great, it was obviously not flawless, right. Because we got him, but, Um, when you really think about how, how he shifted and where he shifted to, it was like a perfect chess move. It was, it just, we just made another move that came back. That was like, nope, last second, last, last, last call. Right. It was like, we made we made an adjustment based off of what we were seeing. And it was, it was evident that like, they're not here. There's something up. We're missing something. Either they went deeper, deeper into this stuff that we're hunting and we're really not on them anymore, or they shifted the other direction, I said, yeah. let's go check out that other direction. And literally, we barely got on the riverbank, and it was like, Oof. yeah!" It was one of the biggest whitetail tracks I've ever seen. It wow. was massive. Wow. But the deer was only no no older than five and a half, I guarantee you that. It wasn't yeah. an old, old buck, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. Man, that's awesome. So he he adjusted, and so he was in this – Little peninsula, thick cover. He's coming out, yeah. So where was he going? To to like ag
1: alfalfa, alfalfa field. Yep, yep, yep. He was, you know, where we first encountered him, he was at least eight, eight, nine hundred yards, you know, from the fields, way back in the stuff, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know, and then this time he was, you know, at least five, six hundred off of it, as as you know, his path to travel. Yeah. So it was. It was it was something that like, oh, I said, it's your last night, man. Like if you're going to go there and I gave I gave I gave him the choice because I was he was like, what do you think is where do we need to be? Who needs to go where? And I said, I'll tell you what, man. I said, "Uh, I'm pretty confident in both of these spots, you know, and I said, you know, I'll just I'll let you make the call. You know, I said, I'll let you make the call. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? And he said, I don't know. I just got this weird feeling about that spot we just checked out. Mm-hmm. And there was much less traffic, really. There was much less deer traffic in that spot. And we hadn't hunted it at all. So yeah. it, was a, it, was a, it was a risk one way or the other. And that deer, obviously, was a half mile the other way yeah. So when we first seen him. So it was all that taken into account. And he said, uh, well, I'll go over there. I said, under one condition, like, don't settle outside. Don't because it was warmer. It was like 82 degrees that day, that final night. And I said, don't settle outside on the edge. Like, just don't do that. Like, I'm just going to challenge you. Like, do something you've never done. Go in there, you know, Yeah. follow the tracks, read the sign, go slow. The wind was blowing hard enough. Like, if you get to a point where you just don't think you can go any farther than hang up, you know, figure out where you need to be. But I said, just go in there and see what happens. Figure out, read the sign and just. See if you can put yourself in the right spot. Yeah. You know? And he was like, You're all right, man. He's like, I'm down down. I've never done it before, but I'm gonna sure I'm gonna give her my best, you know? And you know, he went in there and when we went in to get that deer after he shot it, I was like, Perfect. I was like, look at this man. I was like, I was like, this this is where I would have been. Like, yeah. this is what I would have done. Like and he's like, Well, I learned some shit this week. <laughs> 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 so I was happy for him. I'm glad I don't, like I said, I, I want guys to be able to feel like they did something right. Yeah. Want to just like here and run the whole show and like put them everywhere. And like, you know, I, you know, and I don't, most of them don't want that anyways. And, and I just try to encourage that part of it of like, just go out and make some mistakes, man. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the only way we get better. You yeah. You know? So. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the, the last question i have for you is uh okay so your buddy came in he smoked a giant uh, are there mm-hmm. any giants left in uh north dakota for lucas
1: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that one i had that i got a bone to pick with that one that slipped away from me that morning so yeah. we should we could we nearly doubled up right i almost got that one you know it was the instance where you see the deer coming and you almost go All right, here, here he comes yeah i, I got him you know yeah. and uh i'll send i'll send you a little video clip afterwards but uh of what of what he is and he's a deer that was alive last year i knew of him last year and he was a four and a half year old and um wasn't ready to die you know not by my, not by my arrow but if, if somebody else wanted him by you know by all means but um he he i recognized him right away and i go all right let let's go you know like and it's it's the oddest thing like i came out of the woods that morning smiling ear to ear even though i wasn't successful like yeah. I didn't get him, yeah. But first thing I did when I picked up Jared was go, I'm on one, dude. Yeah. I'm on one. We get to, get to, we get to, we get to go at it. You know, like I get to keep hunting, you yeah. know? So,
0: Heck yeah, man. That's awesome. So uh, what is the goal for the rest of the season then, man?
1: Well, um, hopefully, hopefully we catch up with, with that deer or, anything else that pops up along the way. Um, got some, got some other, got some other stuff planned, uh, uh, that, uh, I'm gonna be doing some stuff out of state. Um, might try to make it to Wisconsin, Miss uh, Minnesota and South Dakota is always an option. Yep. Um, so, um, got a lot of coaching to do just started flag football up. So, yep. you know, you know, that too, you, you, yep. you do all of it as well. So, We'll we, uh, be really busy. Got daughter and both daughters in volleyball. So we'll be just getting out when a guy can, you yeah, know, that's but, a fact. but uh, you know, it'll be good. It'll be good, man. I'm excited. You know, um, it's the, the struggle. The struggle is always welcome for me anyways. You know, I just, I, it makes me, it makes me get out there and expand, expand. I don't know every little spot of these or bottoms by hand yet, you know, by the back of my hand. So, I get to go and explore some new areas and whatnot just to try to try to find a little bit more to chase and then I'll do it, you know? So yeah, it'll, it's going to be good though. That's awesome, man.
0: Well, I'm sending good vibes your way, man. Hopefully you slay this, uh, this fall and uh, man, uh, it's a pleasure talking with you as always. And uh, thanks for coming on, man.
1: Yeah. Hey, it's always, always a great time coming on, dude. I appreciate it.
0: And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout-out to Lucas. Huge shout-out to each and every one of you for taking time out of your day to download. Please go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, or wherever you download your podcast. Follow me on Instagram. That'd be nice. I'm really not on Facebook anymore. uh, And it's that time of year where if you haven't checked your tree stand cables and straps and your safety harness and all of your gear to make sure it's shooting well, to make sure it's safe, to make sure it's functional, to make sure uh, you know your boots aren't gonna get your feet wet or you're gonna get a blister. Make sure you have all of that stuff rocked and ready to go because if you're not already hunting, opening day is coming very soon. And uh, I'm sending good vibes to all of you. Hopefully all of you have the success that you need. Uh, that you want this upcoming year. So good vibes in, good vibes out. And if you're going to be in a tree, wear your damn safety harness. We'll talk to you next time.